told you. Listen, we went over this yesterday, okay? There's a time change. You're not getting fed at 7 anymore, okay? I mean, it's still technically going to be 7, but we put it. it's daylight savings time, okay? Listen, none of us are happy about it, okay? I am also hungry, but it is not time. I mean, technically, it is, like I said, it is kind of time, but it's now 6. We have to wait, okay? Just relax, baby. And welcome, oh, uh, welcome to the tune. <laughs> welcome to the tune of these podcasts. Did that? Did that? Did I say that? Was that le- legible? Was that? What's the word for? Is let Kitty is legible, right? For intelligible, is that? Who cares? Honestly, welcome to the Tune Junkies podcast. My name is Chris. I was absolutely talking to my cat for that first minute. <laughs> Don't fucking judge me. Okay, you can if you want, but it's you, just save your breath because I do not care what you think. Um, but yes, we did it, you guys. Um, I I mean, it's the end of the week, um, so that's one thing that you did. You successfully survived this week. Part of me almost said... <laughs> Maybe you didn't, but if you didn't, you wouldn't be listening to this, and you wouldn't be, you wouldn't know that I was talking about this. So it does that's uh, not applicable. Um, but yeah, it's a weekend. You made it. We made it, and I made it uh, in the sense that I successfully wrangled three strangers. To them, there was three strangers to them, but it was, only two of them were strangers to me. But I got three people to sign up to talk to me about. Uh, albums from the 90s, the music panel, the Tune Junkies music panel, I pulled it off, right? And I think it went really well to where it might become a, like, I've been thinking about, because, so, as you've heard throughout the years, uh, sometimes you gotta call an audible. Sometimes the band that you had scheduled, something comes up, somebody's sick, they got COVID, somebody died, somebody's getting married, whatever the case may be, there's all kinds of human not excuses, human reasons that can come up to change your plans, right? So I'm thinking what I'll end up doing is I'm probably going to try and do this music panel thing, probably like alternating weeks, you know, maybe I'll, I don't really know what yet, but I think the alternating thing like band interview panel, not only is it adding another dynamic to the show, but also like it gives me that buffer period in case something a band doesn't fall it doesn't come through or whatever the case may be right so i hope that you enjoy the music panels because they're probably going to be they're going to be sticking around on top of that um it saves me time um from having to do a bunch of research on the bands because as you may have heard i am a little bit busy in trying to um, move my entire life uh, 2,500 miles uh, west um, to a little place called Washington. No, not Washington, D.C. That's east, you dummy. West, Washington, Seattle. Probably not Seattle. I was thinking about Seattle, but I don't know if Seattle will. Well, we'll see. I want to be close enough to Seattle because there's a huge music scene there, but I'll probably end up in some smaller town. I was looking at Everett or Tacoma or some other weird city. My neighbor used to live in Washington and she was like, oh, you should check out, I've got friends in this city, in this city. And most of those cities, 
I can't pronounce. They've got like they've got a fucking Q in the name, like not even at the beginning, like in the middle. So I don't I don't I don't know if I can trust all that. But you know, we'll see how it goes. Also, you know, family stuff. Uh, but it's fine. We've got we're, we've we've got a somewhat uh, plan, right? So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, in other news, um, the intro to the podcast is going to change. I'm just, I just, yeah, I just fucking ripped the bandaid off. I'm changing the, the intro. Um, I liked the Toon Junkies intro, but I also, um, don't know that it's like an appropriate, not appropriate. I just don't, I think, I think, I think we've outgrown it. Okay, listeners, I think we've outgrown it. And so what I did is I reached out to um, two-time guests on the show and also one of my favorite local bands in Indiana, um, Stop, Drop, Rewind. I said, hey, you guys, I like you, you like me, let's do something, right? Can you make me a podcast intro? And they were like, well, what do you want? And I said, I don't know, do something. Just, you know, I, I gave them, I said, so you know the simplicity of Space Force? But like, you know, it's catchy and it's just some just something simple esque to get stuck in your head, right? Something that's eh, you see you can like bob around to it, whatever. And they did not disappoint, right? And they sent me a thing, they sent me the demo, I put it into my program, tried to add some voiceovers, you know, like the Welcome to Tune Junkies podcast and little like sound bites or whatever. I could not do it on my own because it, it uh, just sounded awful. It just sounded like music, voice on top of music and not voice and music together, right? So then I want to give a, a big shout out to my my good buddy, uh, Steve of the band Qualia, who you should absolutely check out. They just got added to a show at The Forge. Um, I want to say it's in Chicago. I'm going to say it's in Chicago, but you can look them up and figure it out for themselves. But they're going to be playing with, uh, what is it? It, oh God! It's either Pierce the Veil or Escape the Fate. It's one of those two, and then Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and another band that I can't remember. But they're playing with them. And uh, shout out to those boys. Good job for you. Um, but yeah, Steve helped me uh, blend the the voiceovers and the sound bites into the odd into the new intro, and I think it sounds super great. Um, uh, there, it's prob I'm probably gonna keep adding some sound bites into the intro just because. I keep thinking of good ones that I think would be a great fit. Like <laughs> this week, I thought about, oh, you know, it'd be a good like opening a uh, bit, not bit, uh, soundbite was if I got the uh, first two words of Cheryl Crow's 1993 smash hit "All I Wanna Do." If you said the two words, high five to you. But the two words are hit it, it. Yeah, so, but it's not going to be the guitar part. It's just <laughs> just Cheryl's voice saying, hit it, because um, I think that'd be really great. Um, if you have any ideas on maybe it's a movie that we, I've, we've referenced in the last three years or a Family Guy thing, it's I've, I've got to find some kind of Family Guy thing to put in here. I just have to. Um, maybe some uh, Tourette's guy. I don't know. But, you know, just things that will fit in the show. Even if you have a favorite episode of a sound uh, a soundbite of one of the guests who just said something funny or they said something that you think went unnoticed, let me know. I'd love to check it out. And if I think it is hilarious and, you know, relatively iconic to the, sh- to the show, then I'll, I'll find a way to uh, fit it in there. So let me know. 
but yeah, I'm pretty excited. There's like some cool, I feel like, I, I, I don't know. I did pay for the first one, but I, it wasn't really, I don't think they gave me what I wanted to be completely honest. I love the first intro, but I think it's, I think it's time to move on. You know, three years has it been, yeah, it's been three years. Yeah. So growth, ladies and gentlemen, growth, um, what we should all strive for. Um, but with that being said, I've been rambling enough. Um, let's jump into the very first Toon Junkies music panel featuring Evan Fortgang of Across the White Water Tower, um, Elijah Wold, Wold, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he's from the band Bouquet, um, he'd been on the show, and then, um, Carl Ford, (laughs) Carl Ford, there we go, said it right that time. Carl Ford of, um, what do you say his bands? He said he has two bands, but the only one I'm remembering right now is Beauty Morgue, right? He said his original band was starting to make new music, and then initially he was in Beauty Morgue. I don't know, but be sure to check them out. Um, big, big, big thanks to the to these guys for reaching out and doing this with me. I really wanted um, a female panel for the first one, but... No, I didn't get anyone to reach out, but the next one, the next one, I've got some ladies who are down to clown. So without further ado, please enjoy the first ever Toon Junkies music panel. Welcome to the Toon Junkies podcast. Well, I'm glad we finally got this up and running. So, um, let's let me open up the show. Welcome to the Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris, and also welcome to the first ever Toon Junkies music panel. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to our panel guests this afternoon. I appreciate you joining me in this new and uncharted endeavor. Um, this could go either very well or very poorly. And, uh, I, but I am grateful for your participation, your participation either way. So with that being said, let us meet today's panel. If you would be so kind, go around, give me your name, what instrument you play and the band that you band or bands that you are in. Um, all right. Uh, I'm Elijah. I play guitar and bouquet. Uh, Yeah. I'm Evan. I uh, I play guitar for Across White Waters Hour from New York. All right, cool. Uh, I'm Carl. I'm a vocalist. I perform with uh, Sworn to Secrecy and Beauty Morgue. See, I knew for a fact that somebody was in multiple projects. I knew it. I just knew ev- <laughs> it's never. A little bad you know. What can yeah. you do? Yeah. Um, Everybody's a guitar player. <laughs> not me. I can't play shit. <laughs> So the first question that I'd like to ask you all is, what do you think made 90s music so sui generis, uh, which is, I learned today, Latin for a class of its own? Um, so I'm about, oh man, I'm about to be the, 
I'm about to be hated on. <laughs> Do so, it. I love a good heel. So I particularly wasn't really into 90s music. Oh, God. What a great start. Do you know this was a 90s <laughs> panel, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. However... However, I would say but it's it's very ironic. And isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Because at the same time, there are a lot of artists that I like. The reason why I play music today, yeah, uh, like Seven Dust, I Hell that's yeah. what got me into music. Um, Destiny's Childs. Mm. I'm about to say one, R. Kelly, even though uh, that Ooh, one's he pretty, made good yeah, music. Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Literally, the Millennium, the, like literally, uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium changed my life. Yes. Literally changed That's my right. life. It changed all of our um, lives, bro. Solid. So it like stuff. It's I didn't really listen to a lot of '90s music, but there were a few ones that really just stuck to me growing yeah. up. Um, and that really kind of like Seven Dust got me into the music I listen to today. So it's kind of all this, yeah. Seven Dust is one of those bands that. I'm always excited to see because they are always great live. Always Dude, put on a great show. Lejean is Lejean is mm, top tier vocalist, bro. Top tier. Top tier. Great band. Great band. For me, um, I wasn't into. I'm, I'm starting it off poorly as well, but I wasn't into <laughs> '90s music until probably the last few years. Yeah. Um, like when COVID hit, I found way too much free time to just sit in my room and listen to music 24 7 so um i started listening to a lot of like shoegaze like my buddy valentine and i Hell fell yeah. into reddit core like really hard <laughs> um and then uh yeah like mazzy star started popping up all around the place poured his head like all the bands we're going to talk about today but um I don't know. It's always stuck with me as some really odd experimental time for music that I just Absolutely. haven't found a lot of artists do quite the same since mm -hmm. the time period. So that's why it stands on its own for me. Yeah, for me, uh, the 90s, it was just like a, kind of a melting pot. You know, you had a lot of the influences from the 60s and 70s coming through. You had uh, recognition for bands like The Doors. So, you know, Portishead created their whole deal using uh, old break beats and something a little bit more down tempo. And, uh, you know, you got Mazzy Star, which is kind of embracing the whole witchy Fleetwood Mac business. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just memorable. I mean, they, <clears throat> they were able to meld so much. And I don't think that we would be in music today where we are without that. I agree. I, uh, to me personally, I feel like I mean, I, this is a stance you could probably apply to any decade, right? But I feel personally, in my own opinion, that the 90s music had a very distinct um, uh, characteristic of individualism, right? So it wasn't, yes, there was a lot of um, people that were going through like a mainstream or this is what's popular out. But I also think there was a huge uh, surge of people who are like, I'm just going to make music the way I want to make music because... Who fucking cares? And there was a, a whole generation, a global generation of people who resonated with that. And they're like, yeah, I don't need fucking 80s hair metal because that shit is played out. And it's been the same shit for however long. Insert whatever genre you want. And mm -hmm. like, I just feel that 90s had a very, uh, a big push for individuality. Um, I agree. Uh, I want to also add that I agree uh, with what he said. Because 
Who's he, Evan I, or Carl? Glasses or no glasses? Glasses. Glasses, <laughs> Evan. Okay. So I agree with Evan because I went through kind of like a phase because I was also like growing up as a big Jeff Buckley fan as well. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, Grace, uh, even like the first song I ever heard from him was Vancouver. Mm-hmm. that like literally changed my life and then listening to like mojo pin and then of course his his cover of hallelujah just like just destroyed me yeah and then like i was also like a green day fan so like that was left field <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I definitely was like it was very much like i but see i wasn't a green day fan until as of late I didn't become like an appreciator of Green Day. And that was Nirvana for me. I was one of those like stupid, annoying people that are like, mm, we will listen to Nirvana <laughs> until like as of recently. Because yeah. I was also like, I didn't get into Radiohead until recently. I didn't get into Nirvana until recently. I didn't get into Green Day or a, like a plethora of other bands too as well. I have a question for the panel. Yeah. Um, how old is everybody? Just just so I can judge whether or not you should know about this '90s music, or whether you're you're in the clear. I'm 21. Okay, you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can go first, Carl. I'm 34. Hey, Carl, welcome to the club, bud. The uh, 30 club. All right, so I know I know uh, you're well. You're uh, educated in the realm. I'm 27. Ooh, you don't get a pass, bud. You don't get a pass. <laughs> You're old enough See, like, that you should know. You should know. No, I grew up on like 90s R&B and pop. Okay. That's yeah. what my, uh, but my mom was like really into like 80s hair metal, 70s yep. rock, 60s like pop music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like it was one of those things that like we didn't really listen to 90s grunge rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really get into Fiona Apple or anything like that until way later in my time because like at the time I was one of those like annoying gross guitar players that was just like oh I only want to play technical stuff or I want to play <laughs> metalcore stuff. That was me for a while. <laughs> I feel uh, freaking periphery bro bro sinister i only want to play chugs i almost i almost bought a sinister gate signature guitar in like 2005 because i thought it was the coolest they play really well to be honest i mean they're a great band they 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 make great great music but i for a while kind of like lost touch with them and it, it to me, they were like super corny until I like really sat down and re listened to like City a lot of, of the Evil records. Mm-hmm. Is so City good. City of Evil is fucking so insane. good, bro. Insane. But back onto the '90s stuff. <laughs> yeah. I um, just like as getting back into like Jeff Buckley, I his guitar work is phenomenal. His vocals are insane mm-hmm. if you literally have not sat down and listened to grace it will change your fucking life elijah especially like listen to me right now you chose a different album than grace i than literally Bu- asked i know i could do i know it. i know were, i know just, i know that's options. not the prompt was like, that wasn't the prompt heart. i don't uh, that wasn't the prompt we can have another episode where you dissect your love for mr buckley but as of I right now fucking, 
<laughs> I dude, okay, I no, heard I heard I, but, you like, were about I, to give a fucking PowerPoint presentation. I was like, I got to nip no, no, this no, in the bud. Like, what I was about to also say is like I also agree with what you were saying mm-hmm. about how the '90s was very about individuality, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of everybody was even self-producing their own music, mm-hmm. like uh, Sade, that I who I picked. Yeah. Um, is that she produced all of her stuff? She had somebody on the side help just with a little bit of the production like but the technicality that, and she stuff produced her own yeah. music mm-hmm. and if you, when listening to that record you can tell that she just did everything herself and she didn't care what the outcome was right because she it just was kind hers. of wrote whatever came to it it was her that music. was one of my right. first impressions of it i was like this is mixed so well, well like, it 90s, sounds awesome i think a lot of 90s era records were phenomenally produced i don't know what it was for what they had at the time absolutely (laughs) yeah you have to have that attention to detail to make it work Mm -hmm. yeah so before we get we get in too deep into everybody's in everybody's choices let's uh go around i want to want you to each tell me a little bit about why you chose the album that you did and why is it special to you Ooh. so the reason why actually said so it's funny i didn't really listen to that record until so growing up i had listened to i've heard a few songs of hers Mm -hmm. on the radio or i had heard her stuff just passing by um and so like i uh dallas green and Pink did a cover of uh, No Ordinary Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I absolutely love the cover. And so I was just like recently sat down and kind of gave it a listen. And the first pass by, I was just like, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Right. And then when I picked her, I kind of sat down and I was listening to it the other day. And I was just like, I still just, I don't know. <laughs> and then I smoked weed. <laughs> and then i I got high and then i re-listened to it and i immediately was like okay now i can really start to dissect and appreciate a lot of stuff and so like my like my my production our producer brain kind of started like spinning and i was really getting into a lot of stuff and i think that lyrically her stuff is so suave and when I was that when I was telling you, I was like, dude, I just feel like I have like a sepia filter on and I'm just sitting in a chair with a cigarette in my hand when I'm listening to her music. Like, that's how I felt like I was like, damn, I feel like a like a bad bitch in a dress right now. Like when I'm listening to this music. So like I was just like laughing at some of the songs because like at first you're just like, man, this is boring. But then as you really take a step back you start to appreciate how well each song cohesively fits with one another. Mm -hmm. And it, it really, I was just like, okay, I, it's not something that I particularly would listen to every day, but it is something that has grown on me and Mm -hmm. I have appreciated more. And then I also wanted to pick somebody who was also came up as a black artist that, um, I can kind of relate to Mm -hmm. in a way, because a lot of her lyricism, kind of equates around that or her struggle and her self-identity and then also like her love life I and didn't, stuff like that so i didn't know that uh Sade was the singer of the song smooth operator 
Yeah, I knew me neither. I know that song, and I was smooth <laughs> operator, and I was like, I was like, hey, dude, that song hit, dude, yeah, song. and I was like, oh shit, Sade is the smooth operator lady. I was like, that's crazy, and it wasn't until so full disclosure, none of these albums that were picked or albums that I've listened to from start to finish. It wasn't until we we all suggested an album, and I was like, I'm gonna listen from start to finish, and I. On, the only track I knew from Sade's Love Deluxe was No Ordinary Love, right? Well, yeah, that's like the song that I feel that like everybody like. That was the hit single. About her ex- and also yeah. as well as Smooth Operator. Yeah. That was but one of her hit I, singles in the 90s. I actually recognized Kiss of Life from MF Doom. Yeah. That's, oh, that was the first thing I realized. I was like, wait, this is a Doom sample. I was like, holy shit, I love this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got I so that. hyped. <laughs> I uh the only I didn't even recognize No Ordinary Love until it got into the chorus and then as soon as it got into the chorus I was like immediately transported to like 1996 I'm riding with my parents probably to uh my preschool daycare thing it was called <laughs> La Petite and I remember I was I'm driving in this white Chevy Lumina car and it's got the like the old felt seats, right? And I, I can smell the car, and I can like, I am, I can see myself looking out the window, listening to this song, "No Ordinary Love," and I was like, "Oh shit, this is like, this is a real deep core memory that I, that I just unlocked." Literally, you know? <laughs> that's what I really got from listening to it. Like, it reminded me of just like it being ninety five or like ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I'm like about to get into like kindergarten and i'm just like i just remember like listening i would like listen to that in my room or something like that like it'd just be on a radio on my jukebox or some shit like that and i'm like playing with my legos and it's rainy outside mm-hmm. or some shit and i'm just like my parents don't understand where <laughs> 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 like, i'm just like dude i i really at first was again was very bored of it mm-hmm. and then i just like really took us like i took a step back and realized like a lot of stuff is very just coffee shop jazz oriented it's very just like she took a lot of it sound it felt like she took a lot of takes just sitting down in a chair and she was just singing yeah. into a mic yep. when she was doing that that was one of the things i pulled from that from this album was that i really loved the it had a real jazz lounge vibe to it right like cuz yes. to me i feel like the big the big hitters in this album obviously say it's vocals, but the 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 snare and the bass were like the things that carry the, f- the whole fucking album, dude. The first four songs, uh, you know, starting with No Ordinary Love, I was just very much like, yeah, I like I'm I'm kind of into this. And then the fifth song hits and sax starts playing, mm, my guy. The sax got I me. Was I was like, just God, about to say that. Dick. The I sax was, like, was, was the best. I had a- Shitting grid yeah. the entire time because this dude was, I was like shredding. I was, I was just like, my man, like that is so fire. Like I, I'm a sucker for sax. Babies were made to that record. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I feel like any track that has uh like a saxophone feature is is already in a a higher class than everything else just because i feel like a saxophone adds such a dynamic to a song even if it doesn't necessarily fit like i listen to a lot of synthwave and synthwave loves using uh saxophones right 
I don't know what it mm. is about the saxophone, but it just makes me want to fuck, it hits. dude. It's so, dude, it's so it's funny so great. because like when you because like sax is such an underappreciated instrument mm-hmm. and people tend to forget about it. And then when you hear it in a track, you immediately go from like this is a good track to oh this fuck, dude. It, Every single time, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Mm-hmm. It's the moment that somebody starts. Literally, especially, I love how like even metal bands are starting to yep. record yeah. saxophone yep. music, and I'm just like shining haunted shining shores. And I'm like, just I'll get up and start clapping. I'm just like, fuck yeah, this is tight. I feel like the organic response, the organic response across the board to listening to a song and then a saxophone comes on is just always, oh yeah, yeah. When you hear when you hear like a good ba- when you hear like a good line that's super mm, catchy, that's yeah. super just big. And like I freaking like I love it because my brother the head plays, wave. my brother plays bass in my band and he, my brother is like very like he listens to a lot of like 70s 60s prog rock he listens to a lot of just like like pop music from like the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. so like my brother plays like fretless bass too so yeah, he plays like a nice like just big boom, boom okay what a flex so whenever I heard like a lot of the bass work in that particular record i was just like oh hell yeah this is tight and then the sax drops in and i'm just like all right mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah. you got all me. right you're a bad bitch Sade. I, <laughs> I think my favorite track from that record having listened to it from start to finish is i i'm gonna i have two specifically but each for different reasons so cherish the day is probably my favorite song from that record. I was going to say exact I was going to exactly say that. Cherish too. the day is probably my favorite because I think it's a great combination of all the instruments involved in the whole record. Mm-hmm. But yep. I also really like Mermaid, which is the last track on the album and it's it's just instrumental. It's just instrumental and that's why I'm giving it two different answers because I feel kind of guilty like, "Oh, my favorite track is uh, mermaid and it doesn't even feature the fucking no, right? it, it was a wonderful oh, like beautiful and this is what i really like at everybody's everybody's uh, albums that they pick that is the one thing that i will literally tie everything together is that each individual record is like even though there wasn't vocals in it she chose because she knew that it would just be a nice way to just tie that yeah, knot to wrap for the rest up the, of the record album, bro. because it didn't she didn't need to say much because all the other songs have already said yeah. everything that she was going through at that time and everything that was on her mind at that time so when you're listening to that final thing you're just like it felt like you were in the room with her mm-hmm. and she was just singing you these things yeah, or yeah. she was just t- speaking her mind to you and you were just listening. You could, you just didn't even know what to say mm-hmm. because it was so vulnerable. It was so just like here. It literally was just stripped down to the most bare bones, simple form. And if again, when you're first listening to the record, you're just like, oh man, I just like, I get where she's like trying to go, but like, I don't know if I can get on that level. But then as you listen to it, over and over mm-hmm. you start to appreciate and understand why the instrumentation is the way that it is the reason why how it like the way that it was produced the way it was is because like she wasn't trying to be this over like productive over like just like crazy mm-hmm. like instrumentation to get her point across like she just felt like i just have shit to say these are the instruments that are playing behind me mm-hmm. And it's just a story that I'm telling on this record. And I absolutely loved some. I loved it because like before we started doing this, like I was still very un, 
I felt very uneasy about the album I picked yeah. just because like, again, that was a lot of the tribulations I had with listening to it. It was just like, I don't know if I can get down on that level until this morning that I was listening to it and that I started to appreciate it a lot more and that going back and re-listening and really like, like rereading the lyricism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You're just like, damn. Yeah, I could never I cannot I could never write a song like this. I no matter how hard I tried, you know why you can't do that. You know why you can't write a song like that? Because you just gave no, you just gave yourself borders, bro. You just said you couldn't do it. You're you're setting yourself up for failure, dog. You got to you got to believe in yourself, my guy. But that's a phone. No, I, (laughs) I absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. Like I was I was very just surprised mm-hmm. i guess because you know listening to no ordinary love and that would be, be like and smooth operator those are the two songs you could only really get like an idea mm-hmm. from her it'd be like listening to fucking a kiss from a rose and it's like i don't know the other dude's music i couldn't name a single other song other than a kiss from a rose <laughs> <laughs> and so like going and then finally listening to her music you're just like damn i don't know how i feel about this mm-hmm. and then after a few listens you're like damn I don't know how to feel about this. This is emotionally just draining. Like, it's such just a very simple record. And it was still just, it hit every, hit everything. And then, yes, the sax. Ev- Absolutely loved it. Evan, Carl, what, what were your guys' uh, first reactions to this album? Assuming that you were new to it or whatever the case may be. I, I personally uh, have, have been listening to say for quite a bit. I think. Uh, Hell yeah. Got got a great versatility. Uh, she really is kind of a, a stepping stone. What you see in a lot of modern music, as far as uh, you know, the neo funk movement and something mm-hmm. that maybe is a bit more laid back and mm-hmm. chill. But she has uh, she has the voice for this particular type of music, and uh, absolutely so much, so much so. I made that Deftones joke because they covered No Ordinary Love, and. Uh, Say was like, you can't sing this unless you take vocal lessons. Good for her. Good for her. (laughs) Legitimately, yeah. I like that. I like that. But uh, I mean, it's it's everything. Like, if you fell asleep as a kid, you know, uh, we're all different ages, but like somewhere in the mid to late nineties, and you woke up in the middle of the night, you would see here songs from the Mm nineties, and then no ordinary love. (laughs) Yep. You know, it's those 3M infomercials. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys what ch- what station it was where you guys were at, but where I'm at in Indiana, there was a radio station that I think it was. Um, what's the, what's the term when it's uh, all across the nation? Is that called um, syndicated? Syndicated. Yes, thank you. That's the word. Syndicated. It was a, a show called uh, what was it? Uh, Delilah Af- Nights with Delilah or something like that. Uh, that sounds. Yeah, that's familiar. She would take like calls with people um, with like relationship problems or whatever, and then she would like play love songs. Say it is one of those songs that would like No Ordinary Love or just anything of hers was one of those tracks that it was absolutely played on uh, Delilah After Dark or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, Solve any problem, you just pop it on. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And then Evan's over here like, yeah, dude, I remember the 90s very well. Oh, yeah, man. I was born in 2000. I was a thought in the 90s. What did you say? You said you were born in 2000? 
Yeah. Bro, you didn't even see 9-11, did you? No, I Damn. did. Oh, you did? I did. Okay, yeah. well, I was glad to know first... you're as traumatized as the rest of us. Oh, yeah. I was in first grade when 9-11 Damn, happened. Dog. I was 20 miles away when 9-11 oh, happened. Oh, shit, that's right. You're in New York. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, God. I'm from New- My dad worked in the city, so, like, that shit was crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's N- nothing out of my family, but, yeah, it, it, it's weird Damn. living here with that. Um, back on topic. Though. Yeah, let's get away from 9-11. Um, yeah. Uh freaking this record for me was interesting because i felt a lot of the same things that i felt with my pick which was dummy from mm-hmm. Portishead, and um it felt almost like a less electronic precursor with the trip-hop neo-funk vibes <clears throat> just three two three years earlier mm-hmm. and i was like i really like this so it it checked all the boxes for me as far as that goes. The vocals are great. The sax is great. The drums sound amazing. Mm-hmm. It's produced oh, dude, so well. The drums just pop. Yeah. Like pop. everything. Yeah. You said it before. The snare sounds great. Yes. Uh, I've been getting into production and mixing more the last couple of years. So I've really been listening for that stuff more. And I definitely picked up on that with this record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiss of Life was my favorite track. Because of that MF Doom thing. Because of the <laughs> MF Doom, hell yeah. All right, who who wants to jump into their album next? I could do it. Uh, so uh, this particular album, I think, what is what was your album? And, uh, it's uh, Mazzy Star, so that I might see. I believe. Hell yeah! So tonight uh, that I might see. Tonight that I might yeah. see. Yeah. I. I not very good with words, which is bad because I'm a vocalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, really hard. <laughs> I know. Uh, particularly, I think this uh, is kind of a, a landmark album, even though it's been passed over several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you hear other artists, it's like uh, Sandoval walked so that Lana Del Rey <laughs> can run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's just got that that it's somewhere between. It's like sad grunge almost, yeah. but it has a blue feel. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree with that. And, uh, I mean, it really, it just has its own, uh, it, it brings its own atmosphere. Like, I associate albums with uh, Seasons. That's a perfect winter album. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's for sure. So I do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. Exactly the same yep. thing. I do the same thing. And there's, I mean, there's, there's just bangers, bangers upon bangers on this particular album, but Everyone knows, you know, Fade Into You, yeah. which I was featured just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, particularly, I would say uh, I liked End of Dust quite a bit. Bro. Uh, it's somewhat yes. uh, somewhat into the, the weird realm, of course, but that, I mean, what's really weird in music? Um, just the down-tempo kind of feel of it almost kind of has a gritty feel to it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's part of the reason that uh, I particularly favored that that track. It falls under the slow core sound yeah. that I've been saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like that stuff. Bands like Low. Into Dust oh. was my was my favorite track off that album. So like as I noted at the top of the show, none of these albums that were suggested had I ever listened to from start to finish. I knew songs from them, but not all of them. Um so the only song I knew from this album was Fade Into You and I would like to note this may uh, ruffle some feathers, but I think as much as I love Mazzy's version, right? Mazzy's song. I'll say Ma- it's her song, right? 
I think I really love Miley Cyrus's cover of it. I I now nah, I know I know she's I know, great. I know she did so good. She put so much oomph and like she put. I love her. She, I don't care. She what magnified the grit that is in that song, right, and made it her own. But oh, I really love her version of it. Um, but I uh, I don't really know much about Mazzy Star. I know Fade Into You, and that's about it. But after listening to this album, I can't help but feel like the band was either really into the Doors. Or they just accidentally recreated some of the vibes, specifically in the songs Mary of Silence and the title track. I got really heavy door vibes, not only in just like the, the, the tempo of the drums and the ambiance that they put in the song, but also Mazzy's delivery in like her vocal singing. It was very Jim Morrison-esque, I thought. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because, okay, I actually, up until just when you guys like had put those albums out mm-hmm. i had never listened to them or you didn't even know who they were really um yeah um i had seen mazzy star like t-shirts i had seen like mazzy star stuff on like reddit or right. anything like that <laughs> yeah um but i hadn't listened to any of their stuff until that record and those first like three tracks was very doors vibes it made me feel like i was it was just getting into springtime. The snow was starting to melt. Mm-hmm. It was raining more often. And it gave me like riders on the storm. Yep. Like yeah. like <laughs> vibes to it. And I would have to say that the final track. The title track. On that record. Yep. Yes. So tonight was I might absolutely so fucking good. Yeah. Like I, I would because the first bit just kind of like how it was was said with me. I was like. For like the 90s, I was very into like the pop. I was into like the R&B groups. Mm-hmm. And so like it was very hard for me to really sit down and listen to it because I just have a very bad attention span, right. I guess. And so like at the first time I was listening to it, I was very much just like, yeah, I can see how people like this. Um, and then after a while, I was like, okay, I'm going to do exactly what I did with the previous record. And I'm just going to take a step back and just listen i put i would just set my phone on some really good speakers i just laid in bed turned off my lights and then i just listened to it and that's when i was like all right this fucks that's how you and take the record i loved how imperfect the production is too oh, yeah. i loved that was that it just sorry that i loved how it's just very lo-fi. it's very yes it's yeah. very lo-fi the like something a lot of the leveling in the production was very just mismatched the drums some songs the yeah. drums were a little louder it than works, the rest though. of the mix it works so well i had issue with uh the vocals in some of the songs i i couldn't even understand what massey was singing like her her tone sounded really good blending with the music but it was hard for me to like even pull her vocals out to be like what the fuck is she singing <laughs> you could tell you could tell that like when they produced that or when they were recording it, mm-hmm. that it was they jammed it, and then they just hit record, and then just <laughs> yeah. jammed, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. they just said, "Fuck it, whatever happens, happens." We'll do it. And live. I love that. That reminds me of. Uh, did you guys uh, watch the um, what's it called? The studio. It's that documentary with uh, Foo Fighters. Are you talking about uh, Foo Fighters? Yes. Uh, Sonic yes. Highway. Yeah. Yes, uh, where it was 
a lot of the production value was they just sat in the room with like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. They just jammed it and then they just hit record and then just jammed it. And then whatever happened, happened. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the production kind of reminded me of, but just a lot more raw mm-hmm. because there was a lot of just imperfection, but that's what it made it perfect. I feel like if they went back and they tried to reap, record this record and tried to clean it up it would not give you the same it wouldn't be the same of, it no. would not be the it'd same. be totally different it's like the glow part two by the microphones it's so shitty sounding but it's such <laughs> a fucking amazing record <laughs> i'm trying to i fucking respect bands that can just do that like i that's what made me realize like getting back to the very beginning of the topic was the individuality the very just like nobody cared and everybody loved that imperfection now nobody would dare to do shit like that mm-hmm. nobody would have even had the thought about it. it's like no i'm gonna go spend thousands of dollars to make program drums literally I want DSP. perfect i want that shit perfect dog. <laughs> i am but see i'm exactly that way too and that's what really sucks but what i really appreciate about a lot of the, like these records is that it makes me want to just do a throwaway record like that to just sit in a room and just hit record and then just jam a whole record out. I mean, if you're if you're good enough, then yeah, more power to you. But the problem yeah, is I'm not, not, I'm not everyone is good enough to do that. <laughs> Sometimes when no. you do that, you sound like garbage. <laughs> that was the one thing like going to listening to like both like Mazzy Star and Porter said, like those were both the records at first. It threw me off because I'm my ears are so fine tuned to like modern mixing and production that <laughs> going back and listening to those records and even a lot of the '90s stuff was still cleanly yeah. produced and stuff like that. Even like Nirvana was still pretty cleanly well put, put together. together. Yeah, um, but those records, you're literally just like, damn, dude. That, that, I'm so jealous that I do not have the fucking balls to do something like that. It annoyed me that they that uh, they started off with the uh, fade into you, right? The the hit single yeah. because that yeah. one was really well put together, and then the rest of the album is <laughs> like falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them aren't that great. I thought you it could was... tell they practiced the song. They practiced that song yeah. more than the other songs. They were just like, <laughs> we want to write a record and we don't have enough songs to consider this a record. So uh, we'll just write shit on the spot. And that's what happened. But they came out so fucking good. And they became household names for other bands that now exist that have become super big. But will never be as good as that band. I think the the producer at the time, whoever was helping them was like, this is the song. This is the one that we're going to put on the radio. So we're going to spend extra time on this one to make it sound really great. Whatever For the rest of the album, do whatever the fuck you want. But this song is what's going to sell the album, <laughs> right? So, fun, fun fact about that is uh, it's literally David Roback and yeah. Hope Sandoval. It's just two people. And really? I think they did most of the pre-production themselves. So nice. it's like, wow. Went into this. Actually- it's it's kind of like the grind that we're on today, but... Back then. <laughs> yeah, but 30 years so, you know, ago. You know, less technology. I thought it was really strange. So I really like, I, I love the album. Um, my contention with the, the mismatch leveling is, you know, it's the 90s, whatever. But like, the song Wasted, that to me, that's like a blues song. Edgy. That's a blues yeah, song. And I don't know what it's doing edgy. on this. Re- I like the song, but I'm like, what a, what a, like, a vibe switch that was to just go from oh, yeah. unreflected to wasted and then to my favorite track on the record into dust yeah i love That's versatility I like the, but the whatever factor is where it's mm-hmm. at on that particularly yeah. 
Hell yeah. Mazzy Star was always this like enigma on Reddit that I saw other people talking about that I never bothered to check out for some reason until mm-hmm. this podcast. And I'm really glad that I finally did because I honestly, if I found that record in my Reddit whole rabbit hole phase, mm-hmm. I would have been so swamped in only listening to that <laughs> and only Mazzy Star stuff. I, I could tell for sure. I would have ate the shit out of that. Hell yeah. But yeah, it's a fucking amazing record, for sure. All right, um, all right. I think we've got who's well. I'll, I'll save me for last. We'll let the guests pick first. So the next one, yeah, uh, Chris. I have, before we do that, I just wanted to say fuck you for picking that album because that album is one of the albums that changed my fucking life. <laughs> you can suck a bag of dicks. Listen, dude, I have all <laughs> kinds of recommendations. I just picked this one because I was like. What am I going to start with? I'm going to start with, you know, Queen B. Let's go with Beyonce. Let's start with Beyonce, right? Because initially, my, my, some of my favorite albums from the 90s are Alanis Morissette, Sheryl Crow, mm-hmm. TLC. Like, but I was like, TLC, I, dude. I can't, yeah. I can't start the first episode with, you know, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill because that is like the, that is one of the iconic albums of okay. the 90s, right? And I can't open up with that one. I gotta save. I gotta save the grit for for last. But yeah, there you go. Um, so now moving into an album that I'd never listened to. I'd only ever heard of the band. And I'm gonna be honest. When you recommended this band, Evan, I was like, "That's a beer. That's not a fucking. That's not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beer. It's the name of a town in yeah. the United Kingdom. Yeah. I was like, and it also happens to be a band from the same area. I was like, no, uh, we need a band, bro. Not, uh, we're not this isn't a beer podcast. <laughs> like, bro, yeah. we're not an IPA podcast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I hate IPAs. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Portishead, Dummy by Portishead is their debut. Uh, they started in '91. Record came out in '94. And um, a lot of it was created with sounds that were recorded onto vinyl Mm -hmm. and then sampled from that pressed vinyl, which they went through unbelievable lengths to make the sounds on that record happen the way that they wanted it to happen. And as a producer and as a crazy music nerd, uh, you know, like I listen to bands like Godspeed, Black Emperor, who Mm -hmm. they will do the same kind of thing. They'll just go to unbelievable lengths to get to... The final product, and I feel like Portishead did the same kind of thing with their debut there, and that's why it's so special to me. The song "Biscuits" my favorite. It, yeah. Like the the little synth line, it goes a little dissonant at the end. Beth Gibbons haunting vocals. She's like, "I'm scared." It's like, oh, everything just checks the boxes for me. And uh, yeah, it was another one of those records that I found in my uh, already referenced Reddit rabbit hole. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. It's a great record. I was so surprised by this record. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I'd never, I think I'd heard of the band, but I'd never listened to them. And then I listened to this record and it opened, what does it open with? Hold on. Let me, let me pull this up real quick. Oh, what's the song called? It opens with. I'm really bad with song titles. Uh, Mr. Ron's. So you know. And yes, Mr. I was yeah. immediately like, what is this? And I was like, this is from the 90s? And I was like, I was so impressed. I didn't realize that they were like innovators of 
trip hop, right? I didn't know that. They hate the word trip hop too. Listen, for some I hate it too. It's stupid, but <laughs> no, I think it's great. Listen, I, it, it, it accurately describes that sound so well for me. I mean, like I listen to like DJ Shadow and Massive Attack and shit like oh, that. Oh, Massive Attack! And when oh. I first heard this record, I was like, oh, this is literally everything that this sound is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right here. You know, like so. I, I was super. Uh, impressed by it so much so that today when I was like writing notes and you know making observations of it that I was really curious as to how they made their music right because I was like this is such a unique thing you know this isn't acoustic guitars this isn't grunge this isn't pop you know that isn't like the nor not the normalized the the popular genres of the 90s and I was like, I did a little digging, hoping to find the gear that they used for this uh, record. And I found out that they, the main components that they use were, uh, I don't know any of these, but I just thought it was unique. Maybe a listener will know and whatever, but the Akai mm. S1000 sampler. Um, yeah. Wow. They use an Atari 1040 computer. Glitch uh, <laughs> before glitch, bro. Yeah. A a Roland TR-808 rhythm composer, which is featured on almost every track of the record. Um, Honestly, I'll wait. I'll okay. wait. A Roland SH-101 synthesizer, Fender Rhodes electric piano, which is where the... A lot the, of Rhodes. Which is where the... Oh, I love Rhodes. The, Rhodes is my weakness. The song Rhodes was named after, was off of the... After, yeah. um, a Hammond and Vox tone wheel organs. Um, Beth used an AKG C414 for her mic. Um, a Roland RE201 Space Echo. And then the guitars used were a Gibson ES335, which apparently um, the guitar He's player... an insanely expensive guitar. He hated, yeah. he hated that guitar. He, used, he said he, <laughs> he used it for three years and he fucking hated it, but that's all he could afford. I am so... All, dude, I can't even afford that anymore. <laughs> um, I'm not a Gibson guy, but that record I'm, sounds that way for a reason. Yeah, I am such a like I used to be like such a modern metal like super strat or like like seven string guy. But yeah. I strictly am like a jazz master or offset or I'm a hollow body guy. Mm-hmm. now. I literally at before I sold all my stuff because now I have fractal mm-hmm. to do a lot of my stuff. But like I was using like an old 70s Fender Twin. I was using a plethora of guitar yeah. pedals and using a bunch of different jazz masters. But a lot of the stuff that they use on that record is, except, I, I will say the Rhodes. The Rhodes is insanely expensive and that 335. A lot of that stuff is so cheap. Yeah. Like, it was pretty normal gear for yeah. the time. You yeah. can literally still find that stuff for like, a hundred, mm-hmm. 150 bucks. A yeah. lot like the Akai drum sampler stuff. Like that stuff is like, it's impressive that they got that to do exactly because now nobody would use that. I couldn't, I can't remember the guitar player's name, but because it wasn't until, uh, I guess he's a big jazz musician. Like he's really into jazz. So then he switched over for at least two of the songs on the record to a Gretsch G6129 Silver Jet. That's uh, I can't remember oh, what yeah. what songs that he used that guitar win, but um, yeah, those Crushes are my weakness too. Those are the uh, the the tools and the trades that they used to make this record. Um, also, um, I really liked this album. Well, not just like this album. I loved every second of this album. Um, <laughs> the DJ samplings, the snare tones, Beth's vocals, the ambiance of each song. 
Plus, they, so atmospheric. they used one of my favorite uh, funny instrument. I, well, I don't know this, but I think that's what it was, was a theremin. Like, theremin. I love the theremin. The, the haunted house noise. They fucking, they use that. I fucking love I would love, love to write music like that. Honestly, like, I have been wanting to do stuff very eerily similar to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when listening to this record, I was just like, hell yeah. I need, I want to get like old, like, 80s 90s drum samples like those very corny ones Mm -hmm. and then just like get a bunch of different effects and stuff like that to just make wild shoegaze like synth pop type shit Mm -hmm. and this record gave me a lot of those like i'm about to say some just wild shit but like it gave me like what's that band called it's like something english New English, old English, or something Young like English. that. Young English. Think so. They're from like the. They're from like the eighties, so like seventies. Oh no, 80s. not that bit. I'm or thinking like pop punk band. Or like, <laughs> or like soft shell. Yeah. Oh yeah. That. Like there's a lot of like a lot of stuff that have that very eerily similar mm-hmm. vibe to it. I uh for some uh, reason I was getting like I don't know why I I'm probably wrong and I'm just making connections that aren't really there but. Well, listening to Sour Times, which I think is probably like the hit single off that album, yeah. I for some reason I thought that I recognized it from The Sopranos, and I don't think that's right. But for some reason, I felt very. I'm wondering if it's just. I feel compelled to say they probably used that song yeah. in The Sopranos, but maybe it's just like the. Maybe it's just one of the like instruments that was in it uh, that reminds me of a certain tone uh, that. Maybe am I I might be being a little racist right now and thinking that some of the sound in there just makes me think of Italians. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it made me Whoa, whoa, man. He said, yeah, this this is how the show gets canceled is cuz I'm think, "Oh, that sound that sounded <laughs> super <laughs> Italian." It's got fucking accordion in it. <laughs> uh, listen, forgive me. I'm a uncultured white American, okay? But it, I was getting some real soprano vibes and I don't know why. Listener, if you get it to let me know, because I, I really don't want to be alone in this stance. <laughs> I'll, I let it pass. Right. I, I think it's 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 all mysterious, creepy, mischievous music that yeah. you want to commit crimes to. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe may, th- that. This <laughs> it would play on like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. The song, yeah. The song Sour cool. Times makes me want to run uh, rackets. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but this entire album... I don't know if you guys play video games. It's super reminiscent to Silent Hill for me. Oh, yes, absolutely. Silent Hill 2. Like, Silent Hill 2 specifically. Like, Mary's, like, reading, like, he's (laughs) reading Mary's letter, and then, like, it starts, like, one of the songs starts playing. I specifically really love the final track on that record. Yeah. Glory Box. Yeah. Glory Box is That one stuck out the most for me. That That is Silent Hill. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's actually like a bigger radio hit. I worked at Lowe's for a bit, and they would play that at 7 in the morning, and I'd be like, uh, it's way too early to be this sexy. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> not at Lowe's, it's not. You better clock oh. in feeling sexy, dog. Living that real life. 
<laughs> on the Silent Hill reference, I think the reason I love the record is the same reason I love like loathes. I let it in and it took everything oh, yeah. of all those yeah. weird random samples that only come once and they're just there for that one little part and that little piece of atmosphere it's- because the song asked for it to be there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff reminded me of like what load like aggressive evolution or like um I could talk about like, them all day. Gord. Yeah. Or like Gord. Like a lot of that stuff like had very eerily portis head vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Um but like New Faces in the Dark. Yes, especially that and then as well as like um ooh oh my god why can I not think of the name of the song of the track. It starts with synth. Uh, is it really you? Sad cartoon. Yes. Yeah, yes. one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's all like reminiscent of that time period. They took so much influence from the 90s shoegaze sound. All of the bands we're talking about today, like, you know, that they listen to, which is why I'm making that comparison. So, All right, Elijah, now we're going to get into the, the, the album that made you come on my show and tell me to suck a dick. So, <laughs> the uh, the album that I picked uh, was Destiny's Child, The Writings on the Wall. Now, for, a, for I didn't know that this was 1999. I was under the impression that Destiny's Child was all, like, 2000s. For some reason. No, it started that, in, like, 96, I think. They had one, 96, 94. Yeah, they had one album in the, well, two albums in the 90s, right? There was uh, this album, which came out in 99. And there was an album before that, I think it was, like, 96. There was, but, like, a self-titled, I think. Yeah. Um, but I picked this album mainly for the song Say My Name. Um, growing up, this was one of my favorite songs to sing along with. Um, and by sing along with, I basically mean pretending to be Beyonce. Um, but dude, I've, I've always been drawn to the group dynamic. Um, I, not, I can't play any instruments and I was, I never had any instruments growing up. So the only instrument that I had to use was my voice. So I, I really love harmonies. Um, and this record has no shortage of them from bills, bills, bills to where'd you go to the club hit jumpin', jumpin'. being the sophomore album of, uh, being the sophomore album of the group. This record was a statement to the world that destiny's child was not to be overlooked. No bills, bills, bills. The guitar riff that was sampled in that mm. is insane. Yeah. I literally was like, I haven't listened to the record in like a decade or mm-hmm. two, like literally a decade, decade and a half. And I was like sitting here, my mouth was just agape the entire time because like the guitar work, the instrumentation is literally insane. It's like how I felt about Millennium from Backstreet yeah. Boys. Like a lot of the instrumentation from the '90s, especially specifically for like '90s pop era, was just mind-blowing one of my so the entire sorry go ahead oh no no no! i was just gonna say that i i just i was just unbelievably just like astonished the entire time one of my favorite noises to come from the 90s early 2000s is it's heavily used in um like the pop dance area but it's like i think it's a reverse snare that that like it's yeah. heavily used in like a uh, Backstreet Boys and whatnot, but I really mm-hmm. the, if if a song utilizes the reverse snare, I'm fucking down, bro. I'm already a fan <laughs> of the song because I know I it's gonna be four four. I know I'm gonna be able to fucking groove to it. Like I'm sold. I'm sold on it. You knew that like the Roland Juno was like one of the most like used synthesizer keyboards back in the '90s because of all the like its sounds that it could produce, mm-hmm. especially like that. 
and so like when you hear shit like that you're like oh yeah no this is exactly like what i'm and it's it's the whole record but it doesn't get tired no i I never get tired of it the dude the vocals beyonce's vocals are on that record are just in fucking sane her runs especially her low notes when she's hitting those low notes you're literally just like I can't even hit that. I know. I'm a dude. I know. That's, like, what the they're fuck? They're as clean as the high register yeah. stuff, which is exactly. really impressive. That was part of my draw to, like, uh, the female musicians of the 90s is that I have a higher register voice. Um, so singing, like, the, the normal lows of a man is, isn't, doesn't come by easy for me. It's easier for me to sing high, and that's why I, it, I really uh, gravitated towards more of the female musicians is because Hey, I can do that. I can sing like that because that's where my voice fits. Uh, but Beyonce's lows are un un. I yep. can't hit them. Can't do it. I agree with I, I agree with that. Missy Elliott song, fuck, so good. She's the best. And bills, bills, bills. I had no clue that that was a Destiny's Child track. Like a bunch of these songs I'd actually known for years. Mm-hmm. I just never was actually super familiar with. Who will buy? You better be careful. Beyonce's people are always listening, Mm. and she will get you. She'll get you. Say my name literally Mm. has been a track that has transcended the nineties. The album, specifically this record, is so still popular in our generation today. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of stuff is so ahead of its time. It is timeless. Yeah. That record is going to be forever timeless. It doesn't matter what era. It could be 40, 50 years from now. Somebody's still going to be singing Bills, Bills, Bills. Somebody's still going to be sing- singing Say My Name. Because Say My Name, you still hear that shit on TikTok. Yep. Like, you still hear that stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. regardless of the generation that you're from. That record has held a special place in my heart. It's actually one of the first CDs I got. I just It was that. It was... Uh, Millennium, and then it was uh, Jaw Rules first <laughs> ja record. Rule. Yeah, dude. That's, and then it was Nellyville, bro. The that's Nellyville. Uh, <laughs> and it's so. I this is one of the things that's like super interesting to me is that. So I talk. I've been talking and interviewing bands for like three years now, and it's always super interesting to find out what music started them on their journey of being a musician. Just like. I never would have guessed, Elijah, that your intro to like what CDs you owned first were Destiny's Child, Jaw Rule. Like, I never would have guessed that listening to the music that you make now. Oh, yeah. Seven Dust changed my yeah. life. That's what band I released. Like, but like, those were the bands that I listened to. And just like what I was saying with like Sade, um, sorry to get back on that, okay. but like that. That's like the reason why I love Adele and Adele 19 that like her, one of her major influences were like Sade. Mm-hmm. So like so that's why I also love that record. And just like with Destiny's Child, a lot of my female like the people that I look up to now as musicians are like big fans of like Destiny's right. Child, big fans of like a lot of like TLC Brandy, and stuff like Aliyah. that. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. don't even get me started on dude, Brandy. Oh, dude. I no, love Brandy so I, much. I cannot bring up Brandy because I will talk about Brand, Dude. Mm. Brandy, Kids. Brandy might be the reason why I like girls. <laughs> that Brandy might be the reason. <laughs> no, for real, <laughs> for real, dude. She might be the reason. Um, one uh, one of the things I really liked about this album uh, was that 
uh, I don't know whose idea it was, if this was a Beyonce trick or if this was like somebody else in the band. I'm sorry, I only know two of the members' names. I know Kelly Rowland and I know Beyonce. Everyone else, I'm... Those are the only... Everybody else doesn't really have a career. Yeah, I mean, yes, that's true. But they were, if they were pivotal to the group, okay? I will say that. But I don't this know anybody else's names. One of the things I really like about this album is the fact that they lay out like the Ten Commandments of what it, is, what it takes to be the lover of Beyonce or whoever. Because like at the end of every track, it's thou shall not, uh, what is it? If they all have to do with, uh, thou shall pay my bills or thou shall, uh, <laughs> dang, what, what are some of the other songs, uh, that they're on this album? Hold on. I will, I will abide all those 10 yeah. commandments to be Beyonce. <laughs> the, uh, thou shall. Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> I will be, she's going to be like, her rent's like $10 million a month. I'll be like, I'll, Say that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because, like, I the way I I'm listening to music now is through title, right? And they always and now they have like a lyric section, which is something I'm super I'm super into being able to listen and read the lyrics at the same time because mm. I was a kid when I was listening to these songs, and most of the time I wasn't listening to the words; I was just memorizing the 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 instrumentation the of the vocals. Yeah, the melody. Yeah. Um, and so. As I've been going back and re-listening to some of these albums, I'm like, oh, I did not know that Hootie and the Blowfish was talking about gang wars in their song Time. Or Smash Mouth was talking about the crack epidemic in their song uh, Walking on the Sun. I, I just learned to like, I memorized the words because it was part of the instrument, but I wasn't listening to the words. So that's why that's I, oh, my absolutely. biggest yeah. problem as a listener. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm such a habitual fucker with that shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and my vocalist hates me for it because i'm like i know you put all this work into writing these lyrics yes, into and for some reason lyrics. my dumb guitar player brain <laughs> just can't fucking read them you just hear the the notes of it and you hear yeah you, hear you remember the rhythmic patterns i think a lot and, of people, yeah the, the yeah. instrumentation of it i oh, know i'm heavily guilty mm -hmm. of doing that because nick because like nick is very lyrical driven oh yeah and and like but like his cadences are so unnatural Mm -hmm. I don't hear like the way he tackles lyricism, the way he tackles melody is so foreign to me because I have like this idea of melody in my head mm -hmm. and it's bound around listening to melodies of other songs. And so I just have this fixation on this thing. So when he tackles lyrics or he tackles a melody, it's not what I'm expecting. Right. And so whenever I have to sing fucking tire swing live, <laughs> I'm literally like, I do not remember the lyrics. I just remember <laughs> freaking... Tyler singing this part in the song right. and then I have to try to sound and hit those notes live <laughs> and it's not easy but like Nick was like hey man you gotta remember the lyrics I'm like I I just remember the gotta, fucking melody man it's right. catchy yeah dude that's I all play I guitar too man yeah. that, that's literally what it is and so like Peep. I definitely am like like what you guys are saying yeah. I'm I agree with you on the melody I think a lot thing. of people it's, take for granted that like yeah, the lyrics are one thing, but then, like, now I'm not trying to say that I favor any one instrument, but I do favor one instrument, and that's the one that I can do, and that's vocals, right? So I think a lot of people need to put some respect on the name of vocalist because not only is it writing lyrics, which is an endeavor in and of itself, but then also you have to turn those words into, vo into melodies, right? So, like, oh, absolutely. and then to, I don't know, it's, I, I think it's a lot, but then I'm also very, uh, 
uh, jealous of people who can do the the guitar thing, bass thing, drum thing, whatever it is, on top of singing and writing lyrics. You know, shout out to my main man John Mayer, who does <laughs> vocals in yeah, one yeah. melody and guitar riffs in a totally different melody, and can do them both at the same time. Bless be John Mayer, but uh, God bless. I think it's I think it's really I think it's really insane that people. I I mean I was worried there for a second that I was the only person who was like just memorizing the the melody and not actually listening no, to the words absolutely but not. I'm glad that you guys were all in like yeah I as I memorized the vocal the melody I, I, as a songwriter like I didn't heavily get into like vocals until I would say maybe my junior year of high school yeah and. I always felt like very uncomfortable with my voice because I wanted to be like a rock vocalist. I have a very R and B esque vocal, Can uh, you vocal take style. Me you wanted to be a Creed band, I know that, <laughs> bro. Uh, but like going back and then like writing lyrics and then trying to like incorporate everything made you appreciate lyricism mm-hmm. and being a vocalist in, in its entirety. And so like looks like looking at like watching how nick tackles things is just awe-inspiring and like listening to then going back and listening to other things now understanding how like music production works and how like you know how each individual instrument uh, inc- like, um, how they incorporate things it makes you appreciate a lot of that stuff and then like going back and listening to like destiny's child now being a 27 year old man yeah it's fucking insane just insane like i could never even fathom writing music like that Mm. i'm such like just like i have riff i have drum (laughs) i have (laughs) this idea and then when you hear like bills 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 and you hear that arpeggiated like sequence in the beginning with like with with that guitar and then they literally just chop that up to make into like into like a part of the beat insane Mm -hmm. literally insane you're i'm just sitting here just like my mouth is just like this the entire time and i'm just like holding my head together Mm -hmm. and i'm just like trying to process like how did i not notice this and how did i not like appreciate this as much as i do now i wish i like could go back in time and just be like dude this is fucking insane i could never fathom Mm -hmm. writing anything like this there was a higher value for the beauty of silence in music in the 90s mm-hmm. i found yeah um these days and i i will say i'm a another breaker of this rule like my record that's coming out next week is probably straight up go 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 metalcore as it gets yeah. so you know it's probably a bad example of like <laughs> me trying to break this mm-hmm. but um yeah like there's so much atmosphere and space in all these records we picked today um that's... sorry go ahead yeah Oh, no, 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 keep, keep, keep. No, it's just like there's so much space and yeah, they, they valued that to the point that there didn't need to be 20 million things going on for it to sound right. right. Like I as a producer, like I load up my logic session and I have a hundred different instruments just ready to go at a moment's notice because I don't know what I'm going to feel like I need that day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't need a hundred instruments for the song to be what it needs to be. No. You know, if the yeah. song calls for three things, then let it be. I'm going to go out on when, a limb here and say that no metalcore band needs a hundred instruments in any song. Dude, you'd <laughs> no. be surprised. I would like, be dude, surprised. Uh, You're right. I would be very surprised. And it's I do a lot of orchestral stuff, so that, that's like, where a lot of that comes from. Oh, Orchestra shit like, slaps. Um, 
with my band's previous ep mm-hmm. that was definitely a big inspiration was a lot of like 90s era's music because there are a lot of just empty spaces especially with this new song that we have we do have a lot of layering however i wanted to incorporate a lot more space there's even a section where there are no lyrics where you feel like there should be lyrics mm-hmm. but nick was literally just like no i this part i really yeah. wanted the instruments to do the talking because yeah, there's a lot more going on i don't need nothing, and right so there's a lot of stopping in certain parts mm-hmm. there's a lot of just airy spaces in a lot of the certain parts and i definitely agree with you on that that a lot of bands these days are just very oh no i, I if there's silence people are going to hate it yeah, they're going to yeah, think yeah. it's boring they're yeah. going to be like why is this in there I, think I don't have the attention span for this why why is there literally just a measure or even a half a measure of just complete silence this should be like a piano part mm-hmm. or there should be some like violin or some crazy vocal part spilling into the next part of the song and right. so it, it's definitely one of those things that like going back and listening to the records that we all like picked made me go i think i'm going to like dial it back the yeah. next, like the next stuff I'm writing. I feel like simplicity is the key to catch a lot of attention because now, because yep. since it's such a forgotten thing in music that when people do it, people notice it a lot more. People, it sticks out and people just be like, oh, well, I don't hear this. This is new. It's like, it's not new. People just don't fucking do yeah. it anymore <laughs> because everybody's just like, they want a TikTok song. They want all of that energy. They want everything spilled out in two to three minutes yeah. and not be like, well, I could write a song for five and a half minutes and then incorporate a lot of things or maybe even incorporate just a little bit into a song to really kind of just get a similar point across. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we lost Carl. We lost Carl. Oh, rest in peace. Oh, oh, back from the dead like Jesus Christ. Except it didn't take three days this time. <laughs> um, So... Uh well I don't know what what's happening with Carl um I don't know what happened oh uh, okay one he's still there that's good all right um so now as to put a nice little bow on this uh experimental panel thing um I know we all came in here picking one album as our favorite but is anyone leaving with a different perspective on the album so for example I came into this endeavor thinking that. Destiny's Child Writing on the Wall was going to be my favorite album. However, having listened to all the albums from start to finish, I now am siding with Team Portishead because I really fucking love that. I'd, I'd never listened to it before, listened to it, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. So Portishead, yeah. shout out to Portishead. You've, now, I'm not saying Writing on the Wall, Destiny's Child is any less than what I thought it was before, but I now have a new profound respect for the band that is Portishead and their first album, Dummy. I am the opposite from you. I have a new profound respect for Destiny's Child hey, that I didn't know I would places. ever have. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> so yeah, Hell we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're flip-flop. All right, no pressure, boys, but Evan, Elijah, um, if you get, er, uh, Carl, Elijah, if you don't swap. It's, it's tricky because... I, as soon as you picked Running the Walls, I was like, well, this is a unanimous decision. <laughs> Just that, like, I am a big Destiny's Child fan. Yeah. A lot of my, my, my vocal influence, a lot of my help, a lot of the stuff that I'm writing now mm-hmm. incorporates a lot of pop influence. And that is one of my big inspirations. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think, because I've been very shoegazy. I've been a, a very, I'm a very ethereal 
sounding guitar player when I play guitar. I can so confirm. use a lot of, of like reverb effects, yeah. and a lot of delays and stuff like that, that both like Portishead and Mazzy Star were kind of like something that really inspired me with like some of the future stuff that I want to write. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like very tossed up at. I don't know which one to pick. Um, so I, it's hard to find, it's hard to find that answer just out of the sheer fact that's like both of them really like at first I didn't know how I felt about it because in the nineties I was very much just high energy. Right. I like a lot of just like the pop influence stuff and a lot of the nineties stuff kind of boring to me, but you watch uh, your mouth, son, <laughs> you watch but, like, your mouth back and now like re-listen uh, and I'm going to go back and re-listen to them like mm-hmm. during this week. Um, I, like I might have to go Portishead. Oh boy! All right. You know, <laughs> I I kind of uh, am in the same boat, man. Oh my god! Portishead's walking away with fan. all boats. Oh, that's crazy. I'm a huge yeah. fan of uh, the trip hop movement. Yeah. I think there needs to be a resurgence of it. Thank Lo-fi you. Lo-fi is yes. the closest thing that we're getting, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, artists like Tricky, Massive Attack, Portishead—they really set the bar for where we're at in like electronic music or even. You know, down tempo, mm-hmm. chill wave, and things like that. So I, you know, got to give it to the goat. And see, that's that's the thing that I was surprised by, because like the this lo-fi, you know, the trip hop, which I didn't really know that that was a, a a genre per se, but um, that's music that I listen to now. Like it wasn't when I was younger, but now like I listen to like lo-fi stuff. I'm really into like uh, you know, just not that it's the same thing, but like jazz fusion, where it's not necessarily any you know, prominent vocals, but it's just instrumentation and just that's poly plus if anybody's wondering, but I have a new, I I'm glad that you picked Portishead because I never, I would have never listened to them. And now I have a new, uh, now I have new, uh, new records that I have to go hunt for, uh, for vinyl. So shout out to Portishead. Elijah, I need all of these on vinyl. Is the, Elijah, was there one album that you're going to walk away from Walk away from this uh, episode having a new respect for? Because it's something that you hadn't uh, searched for previously? Um, yeah, honestly. I think it, it's funny that you even suggested like, for me to be on because as of lately, just like Evan, I kind of had like a resurgence to go back and like listen to like a lot of 90s era records. Yeah. Uh, specifically because of the the that uh sound documentary that uh, sound studio documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it sound city yeah, yeah sound yeah. city <laughs> yep that was uh, a lot like and i know that a lot of particularly a lot of like 70s uh six late 60s 70s and 80s and 90s era like well 80s and then before were recorded at that that studio but then a lot of the famous bands from the 90s brought back a lot of the love to sound city Mm -hmm. like nirvana uh foo fighters even uh went back and did a lot of production there so it's kind of one of those things where like i was like you know i'm gonna just take a leap of faith and just listen to a lot of the stuff that i particularly would have never listened to because i've been so it's such a hard like hard head and i would just listen to like the same three fucking bands 
over and over again. And it yeah. got to a point where now I just listen to audiobooks. I, I literally, it's hard for me to listen to music because I've been so burnt out listening yep. to like the same three things over and over again. That's on you though, homie. Valley Heart, uh, Holding Absence. Bro. Holding Absence. Valley Heart fucking Dude, rules, if you bro. listen, if you, like once the new song comes out and you go back and listen to the new Bokeh song, it's literally, you could tell when I wrote that song, I was listening, I was literally listening to the greatest mistake of my life. <laughs> Dude, over and over again. self-titled record from like 2018 Dude, is amazing. fucking crazy. Like, I, you could tell that when I was listening to it, that's what I was listening to because I'm like looking a forward lot of, to it. because I have a lot of like the synth stuff, a lot of the reverbs, mm. I have just a lot of the stuff and then I have like these big, just screaming big just rock chords i went back and i was like i just want to play just big rock chords i'm tired of playing anything super technical i'm tired of playing all this other stuff and i'm not saying that i played any of this stuff in the previous bouquet stuff however previously before bouquet i was just playing straight metalcore stuff right and it just got tiring and i was like i just want to strum i just want to play just like just big chords and just have fun playing those chords and i want to make those chords very memorable so I started listening to like a lot of the 90s era shoegaze stuff, a lot of just like pop stuff and just realized like I don't need to play much to get my point across or to make it memorable. Right. And so like listening to Holden Absence, like a lot of that was embedded into their music was just these big rock chords, a lot of just reverb, a lot of synth, a lot of just like I wanted it to just carry the vocal. That was like my main point was like this. This time when I'm writing music, I don't want to just write music based around the instruments. I don't feel like I need to be flashy to be a good guitar player. Yeah, not uh, focusing it like a guitar and mm -hmm. just using it as a sound layer made exactly. a lot of sense to me and when listening to the shoegaze and trying to write that, that style of music. It's hard. It's hard because you want to be like, well, I could add this little cool thing in there just to show people that I'm a flashy guitar player. It's like, no, you don't really need to play that because just like the like the guitar player and vocals of uh, my boy Valentine literally plays like two fucking chords in his music. But he's renowned as one of the best fucking guitar players in history. So it's one of those things that's just like, do I really need to shred to get my point across? You don't. No. It's like, no, I don't. Nope. And uh, definitely going back and listening to 90s era music really kind of validated that. Mm -hmm. uh, even even before that, I wouldn't, I would, I'm definitely going to take the 80s out of question because that was like, literally the era for like lead guitar players to have like a just 10 minute fucking guitar solo yeah i halloween yeah. halloween by halloween dude is oh my god i literally was sitting there like yo is this shit about to be over this is fucking nope. crazy like i don't need this and so like i take it you don't listen to 90s i take it you don't listen to john five at all I love John dude, 5. Bro, John no, 5 dude, fucking I fucking slap, love, like, bro. I, I loved 90s and early 2000 era Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, some good stuff. I can't lie. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's like super cheesy, but like it's, in it, the it, best it, way possible. He made some it's good a little music. guilty pleasure. Yeah. He, but definitely, I the 90s have really validated my want for just like having a Mesa Boogie amp, cranking that bitch and just strumming the living hell out of my guitar and just punching it like that really like watching Nirvana live at the fucking uh what was that they did a dvd it was the live at the you can I forgot what it's called the plymouth i don't know 
I don't, well, can't freaking during the session, they were literally throwing their guitars in the air and uh, freaking the bassist threw his bass in the air and it came back and smacked him in the face. Her. And then <laughs> it just like, he was shaking, just, just literally knock over his like bass cab, freaking, freaking and roll, man. smashing his shit. I'm just like, bro, that's what I want to do. I oh, just want to bring that back. I just want to just like strum heavy and just play heavy and just, and now I have a fucking fractal. <laughs> but i'm definitely gonna make up for like doing stuff like that before we start falling down a rabbit hole of uh smash mouth and underrated 90s bands i have to ask you guys one question before we uh roll into the outro part of this episode would you guys like to play a game yes always down i like your participation so would we like to Pressure. play syllable sound off Yes. Okay. All right, cool. I'm with it. Now, you guys can play as a team or we can play individually. It doesn't really matter to me. Just Do we do a team? Let's do a team. All right. Do a team. Yeah. Okay, so if you're going to do team, team building. I'm going to suggest that you do the big the big syllable, Five. right? Cuz one syllable word with three heads is not that's not that fun. So, <laughs> we're going to go with um a five-syllable word. Now, this is this is honestly the hardest part is trying to think of a five-syllable word. Let's go with abbreviation, right? The word is abbreviation. I'll help you spell it out. Um, <laughs> I got to write it in front of me. Let me uh, let me pull up. A, so I have it. <laughs> let me pull up a timer. Okay. All right, I got it. And then also before we start this, I have to pee pee again. Um, as you probably notice, I'm moving around a lot. It's because I have a small bladder. Um, okay, so there's that. All right, I'm gonna go pee. I'll be right back. Uh, I feel like 95% chance that I'm just going to be gross. But does anyone else, like, after you drink coffee, your pee smell like coffee, and then you kind of want more coffee? Yeah, yeah. All right. It's happened before. All right, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I want more coffee is always, like, a thing. <laughs> that part I agree with. <laughs> it's like the pee part. No, no not into that. So we're, taking the, so we're taking the syllable, and then we're coming up with band names. With each syllable? No, 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 no. So the word, the word that we've chosen is abbreviation. It's got five syllables. Now, what your job is, is to name a band that starts with the letter in each word. So an A, a B, an R, an E, a V, an I, whatever it is. So that's the game. But the, the hard part is you only have 60 seconds to, to do it. Um, let me. Okay. Let me also. Bring, okay, I've got it. So, to, yeah. All right. So, is everybody ready? Yeah. All right, so when do we start this? I, we should start it. I will say I'll go uh, one, two, three, go, and then, we'll, and then I'll start the timer, all right? We, and we just sh- shout it out, or are we, like, going in a circle? Um, we so I'm going to go off of my view, right? So it's going to go Carl, it's going to go Evan, it's going to go Elijah. So you can, okay. you can go like that, right? All right. All right. right. So... The game is syllable sound off, and your word is a five-syllable word, and that word is abbreviation. And away we wait. I, I almost stole the Billy the Billy Eilish Billy Eilish Billy on the street thing. So here we go. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. A. A bat. B. Belmont. 
B. B. Uh, bring me the horizon. R. Um, go ahead. E. Everclear. V. V. Oh shit. Um. <laughs> uh. Fuck. Uh. V. Are you <laughs> googling, you bastard? No, okay, I'm good. not. All right, good. I'm. Uh. V. Um. Wait, can it be like? No, it, it can't, can't start be. with the. The does oh, not man. count. No. no. V. Fuck it. Damn it, Elijah. <laughs> What'd you say? Victory. Okay. I. Incantation. A. Animals as leaders. T. T. Um. Oh, shit. Fuck. Two. Uh, one. Shit. Time's up. You guys are so close. But. Now, just because I want to know, T, give me a T, give me a T band. Um, How's about Tesseract? The I. I. Um. Okay. I see stars. Oh, I see stars. Hell Holy yeah! Shit. Nice, nice. Uh, O. Uh, o. Opeth, is that what you said? Yeah. Um, and then last letter is N. Uh, nothing. Necrogoblicon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's true. All right. Now I I want to play because I I I like these little word games. But I will also take a five syllable word, and you guys can pick whatever whatever word you want. Five syllables. Five word. syllables, please. Hit me with Five your best shot. Syllable words. Abbreviation. Abbreviation. <laughs> Super celestial. What the fuck? Super celestial. That was celestial. the first thing to come up. That's six. Super celestial. Like Super celestial. Yeah, why the fuck? <laughs> Mediterranean. What is it? Thanks, Google. Would you say Mediterranean? Subterranean. Subterranean. Okay. Um, let me. Uh, all right. So one of you guys has got to time me while I pull up the word subterranean, so I spell it right. It will pull up the clock. Subterranean. Ooh, that's. Yeah, I got you. I'll pull. I'll pull up one right now. Mm, that's a. That's, I got the clock. That's a special. All word. right. He's got the clock. Okay. S u b t e r r a n e a n. Okay. All right. Count. Yeah. Count me down and let me know when to start. Got your ass. All right. Three, two, one, go. S, Slipknot. U, Under Oath. B, Breaking Benjamin. T, uh, let's go with Tesseract. I know I said that earlier, but E, Everlast. R, Rage Against the Machine. R, um, Radiohead. A, let's go with Amonomarth. N, let's go with... Um, Nothing nowhere. E, let's go with um Everclear. Uh A, let's go with Hmm. Fuck. What's a A uh Architects and then N let's go with Hmm Nelly. Five, 
Nelly. Oh, oh with four seconds to spare. Wow. Loved it. Oh, wow. We get it. You're really good at this game, dude. <laughs> I, it's my game. I meant to be good at it. <laughs> I invented it. But yes. I appreciate you guys playing that game with me. Um, feel free to play that game with your friends. Um, just be sure to be like, hey, I, I heard this game on the Toon Junkies podcast. I'm always looking for some organic uh, grassroots uh, m- word of mouth uh, spreading, right? So now is the time of the show where we bid adieu. But before we do that, go ahead and uh, plug your bands. Where can everybody find and follow the bands that you guys partake in? So I play for a Crossway Water Tower. We're on everything at ATWWT Band, Spotify, Crossway Water Tower, Apple Music. Um, we're going on tour with Attack Attack at the end of the month. Us, Attack Attack, Conquer Divide, and Until I Wake all across the East Coast. So if you're anywhere on the East Coast, come say hey, and uh, we'll hang out. Yo, how was that I Set My Friends on Fire tour, bro? Fucking unreal. Dude, I bet. Day one, someone brought their pet monkeys on our tour Dude, bus. I saw that. I was like, who the fuck has what? a monkey? I was like, this is a fever dream right now. <laughs> it, was like, it was great. It was, it was an unbelievable experience. It was like one of those little fucking like Mandarin monkeys too, wasn't it? There was two of them and they were sitting on my arm and I had this like puree cup that they had and it was eating it out of my oh, hand. Oh my God. That's awesome. It's on my Instagram story on the Isufop tour highlight. You can see it. It's really funny. That's but awesome. um, yeah, that was a great tour for sure. Hell yeah. I can go. I'll go, I guess. Um, I have uh, BB Morgue. We're currently writing. Uh, we're just trying to get everything in place. It's very hard to find a drummer in San Antonio. Uh, That's but, everywhere. Uh, we but... write and record everything ourselves. And then uh, my first band actually got back together and we're writing stuff. So, attack, attack, attack. You're a Nintendo or keyboard core. Uh, yes. Sworn to secrecy. Uh, all platforms. Apple, you know, whatever, whatever you might have. Spoofy, uh, freaking YouTubes, all that junk. Hell yeah. Can y'all send me your stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I'm eating uh, Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> and you're not even going to fucking offer any? Rude. See if I ever invite you back on the show. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I want a blue one. <laughs> um, I'm Elijah. I play guitar and bouquet. Um, I don't have Twitter. They do. I think it's a uh, the band Bokeh at Twitter. Uh, then we have a band called Bokeh on Instagram. I literally don't release media. Um, yeah. So Instagram is a band called Bokeh. Twitter it's the band Bokeh. Hell yeah. Um, we have stuff on Spotify, Apple Music so on and so forth music videos on youtube it's whatever and uh we just went and recorded a new single uh a couple weeks ago i'm really excited about that and uh we're getting ready to write some new stuff and we've got quite a few shows lined up and uh yeah i'm dude absolutely jealous that you guys are going on tour attack attack Thanks, man. <laughs> I totally forgot. I got an album coming out on Tuesday too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say I was gonna say that earlier because you were like, "Yeah, I got an album coming out in two weeks." But yeah, Hell yeah. Man. All right, a day and change now. I can't believe it. It's <laughs> um, so this crazy. this is gonna come out uh, Saturday. Is that when your album comes out? 
It'll be out by the time this okay. is out then, All actually, right. yeah. So be sure to check out their new uh, Across the White Water Towers new album. And uh, do you guys have any uh, vinyl left? Or did you guys sell out all uh, those? From Phantom Pains, we yeah. have a few copies left. For the new record, we have three new variants coming out Ooh, that are bitch. available for pre-order. Hell yeah. Uh, so, listener, be sure to give your monies to these poor, poor musicians. Struggling, poor yes. musicians. You, you, you already know that the gas is high. Just think about what their whole, their whole gig is just yeah. driving around using gas. So, um, listener, you know the deal. Uh, we're the only Tune Junkies podcast that matters. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Toon Junkies Pod, on Twitter, if you want to see me sometimes tweet things from there. Um, but uh, we're available on all, wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to reach me, you can leave me alone. <laughs> but if you must be involved with my life, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris and Kitty or on TikTok at DatBoyPit6. Now, the very last question I will ask you boys is, what have you been listening to lately? Please don't say the bands we just spent an hour talking about. Because <laughs> we get it. We know. We already know that. Ian Thundercat, like it is what it is. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, He's like, I can and, confirm that. We are in a relationship. <laughs> and those sons of bitches, every time I die, even though they broke up. Oh, that rip. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, outside of that, it's pretty much it. Hell yeah. I've been jamming. Um, the record I mentioned to you, Chris, that if this wasn't going to be a um, like a Women's Month thing, was uh, Bark Psychosis's Hex from like 1994. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. argued as like the OG post rock album. Um, them and like Talk Talk. I've been jamming a lot. Godspeed, Ooh. Black Emperor. Um, yeah, Laughing Stock by Talk Talk is the most underrated record I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just weird atmospheric electronic uh, shoegaze weird shit. I like I'm, that nobody really likes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell people. They're like, "What are you listening to?" I'm like, "Nothing you like." Nothing you like. <laughs> what a what a great. They think of like some cool metalcore band, and you're like, "No, I no. can't." I, it's hard for me to listen to almost sometimes listen to the same genre that I am classified in. Uh, yeah, that's true. Also, it can yeah. be a little um, like deafening to the music that you want to write because you're just like, oh, I've heard that. Like somebody's already done that. So it's always exactly. I think it's easier to listen to something that you don't make to kind of pull some influence from like. Oh, absolutely. I also want to add. Um, Dinosaur Jr. I've been listening to Dinosaur Dope and. Well, I literally have a J Mascus jazz, uh, jazz master that I will never part with for as Don't. long as I live. And I literally, th- I'll, like live, I'll throw it on the ground and I'll step on it and shit. Elijah, are you talking with food the in your mouth? Most resilient guitar. Huh? Are you talking with food in your mouth? Absolutely. <laughs> Rude. I'm, I'm covering Rude. my mouth as I'm talking. It's a, so I, 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 talk like this. All right. <laughs> Why Elijah's never gonna talk to me again? He's like, you brought, you invited me on your show, and then you embarrassed me. You invited me? Bully me, man? Are you really? You know that I, I am a bully on my show. That's well, I was it you that was making fun of your your sprite choice? Was it? No, or who no, was that? That was Jared. Jared. That was fucking Jared. Jared was like, "Yeah, Sprite's. A, I'm a big fan of Sprite." And when we just literally clowned on him for like ten minutes. Sprite, you like drinking water. TV static, dog? What is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So no, what was it? Are you you were giving me shit on my candy choices. Oh I yeah. said sprees, and you were like sprees. <laughs> yeah. What is that? See, see. And I was like, me, nigga, I sprees. <laughs> <laughs> Spree, I dude, I don't even know. I it's it. I I made that uh, joke because I don't know that I've ever seen sprees sold at like a gas station. I only ever see them in those like quarter vending machines, and you know those That's are funny, all old and sold. gross. You know those they literally sell everywhere here. Well, maybe it's just because it's Iowa, you know? Like the rest yeah, of the, the rest of the nation has moved on to better candy and they just sent all the shitty candy to Iowa. Hey man, we had Slipknot. That you know what? You know <laughs> That's why Slipknot exists cuz Iowa only gets the shitty things. And they were just angry about Damn. it. That's that's fair. Fair. Yeah. No, that that's that's totally fair. <laughs> the reason why our band ha- isn't big yet is because we need to add another four other people in the band. <laughs> Play the trash can for you. <laughs> Dude, say yeah. no more. I've been looking for a trash can player for like the last couple of years and nobody <laughs> seems to just get it right. Nobody, so <laughs> nobody get it right. <laughs> like, hey, man, I really like how you're closing that lid. Can you close it again real quick? Will you do it? Like, I oh, know. Come on. Get in the band. Come on. Drop everything. Let's go on the road, you son of a bitch. So, Chris, yeah. what have you been listening to? Oh, thank you guys so much for asking. I will tell you what I've been listening yeah, to. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, ladies of the 90s, as I am one to do, uh, such as Indigo Girls, Jewel, oh. um, Cheryl Crow, as always. I'm always listening to Cheryl Crow. Um, no Doubt, um, specifically. No Doubt. Specific- I'm surprised nobody. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, nobody I said that. I forgot about No Doubt. Oh, dude, uh, was it Tragic Kingdom? Tragic <laughs> Kingdom is one of the greatest albums of all time, bro. <laughs> Bar none, one of the greatest albums of all time. I used to give him so much shit because I just always feel really weird about Gwen Stefani as a person. But like, Oh, have you met her? No Doubt Fox. No. Do you know her personally? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, she lives in Iowa. You didn't know that? <laughs> yeah, no. She just keeps trying to slide in my DMs, and I'm just like, stop, Gwen. You got to stop doing this. Come on, Gwen. Like you know I'm no... Like, Blake's going to find out about this, and he's not going to be too particular happy because yeah. we know that he's a country white man, and I'm black. Not only... He's going to beat my ass. Not only that, but her, her track record is Gavin Rossdale of Bush fame. And then Blake Shelton. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Bro, imagine. I love Bush. Imagine having to follow Gavin Rossdale in a bedroom. I don't know what this dude's antics are like in a bedroom, but I bet he's pretty good. I bet you he just sings glycerine when he's fucking. I saw a video of Gavin Rossdale on stage with Breaking Benjamin and they did a cover of Alice in Chains. Bro, the the dynamic between uh uh Benjamin Ben Ben's vocals ben, and Gavin's ben. vocals, bro, it was an amazing dynamic. Trying to cover well, just they literally sound like the same fucking person. No, they don't. Listen, don't make me drive out to Iowa just, and beat you up. How bro, dare you? They both wear a lot of leather. They sound exactly the fucking no, same. No, they do not. Listen, I vegan can, leather. It's pleather. Go back to your <laughs> go back to your fucking sour patch gummies in your sprees and let the adults talk about great vocalists, okay? All right, with your Mars bars, old ass nigga. <laughs> with your four bedroom three bathroom head what no 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 this <laughs> <laughs> i have like hey i got a bean head bro Get the fuck off my back. 
All right, before before this episode gets violent, we're all gonna start fighting through the through the the screens. <laughs> Yo, fuck. I'm gonna post on I'm gonna post on Facebook. Yeah, fuck Chris, dude. <laughs> Yo, fuck Chris <laughs> and the Two Millions podcast. He invited me on a show and then bullied me for an hour. <laughs> he literally just kept bullying me about the spree thing. It's been like six months, man. My <laughs> statement. People don't forget. All right. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. I think this went really well. I think so. I was really nervous that this was gonna go like weird and people wouldn't know what to say but i think we all conversed very well and i thank you for your contribution to this episode thank you now thank you for having us um thank you this has been a tune junkies podcast my name is chris and i'll see you on the next episode boop and that's the end